1380 KCIM Sports presents KCIM Sports Rewind. A look back at the week in high school sports. Brought to you by St. Anthony Rehab Services. Here's sports director Jeff Blankman, John Ryan, and Jeff Honnell. You know, I'm just going to start referring to the Jeffs as Studio Jeff and Phone Jeff because we seem to have a, a three-way uh, time here. Just, you know, and people in all over different locations. We do. Yeah. It's good not to see Phone Jeff, though. You know? <laughs> You know, maybe we should just leave him leave him potted down, and we'll just talk about him for a half an hour. You know, he's used to that. We do that in all the baseball and softball games we do, too. So I suppose we should let him have a little air time. So telephone, Jeff, what's going on? Wow, that, that was raw. Yeah. That's like a Blankman radio broadcast right there. Yeah, you expected it to be easy when you're on the phone? No, no, never, <laughs> not never. So, so uh, hi, nice, nice talk to you guys today, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and we'll, we'll let you on part of the show anyway. Well, we got some uh, some big happens coming on. You got the fairs going on. You got state baseball coming in next week. You got uh, playoff games tonight for Carroll and Kemper, and you got the Merchants trying to make playoffs. Franklin, you're a busy boy. Yeah, I actually did, did. You know, had a night last night where I, I wouldn't say I didn't work. Uh, my committee that puts together our all rewind team, we spent about five hours last night, to, you know, digging through everything and kind of finalizing uh, the list. And you know, uh, so it, it's always interesting. We each made our own list, and then we got together last night and had to fight Me. for the people that we yeah. had voted to be on first team, second team, because to be on first apparently and second team. you don't feel that anybody needs to sleep. Why do you do this? Uh, because we want to do the best that we can. <laughs> yeah. at the list together. So I like having everybody kind of make their own list and then we get together and where where we don't match up, we literally debate it and whoever ends up say on the first team is the person that gets the most votes out of the committee that's there. So All right, so that that we're going to reveal all of those names yep. here coming up in just a bit. But let's start with the Carroll Merchants. They have three home games remaining, one of them being tonight. So uh telephone Jeff, uh, let's, let's kind of preview the Clorinda A's and the uh, the Merchants, how the Merchants have been doing recently. What's been going on with them? Well, they dropped a couple close ones, uh, especially uh, one that they really needed against Show Coffee. Um, really needed that win, and then uh, went down to Clorinda and lost another close one. So they're in all the games. Clorinda is, is solidly in second place. Um, last I looked, I didn't see the games last night, but uh, they were half game ahead of the Des Moines Peak. So they're going to play the number two team tonight in Clorinda, and that's never easy. They're a, they're a very solid board, ball club, and like we've been saying all year, I think down in uh, St. Joe have been kind of the class of, of the baseball league all year long. So a big one tonight. Uh, I think I know Thursday they play the Des Moines Peak over in Rippey, uh, and then they're, they're going to have St. Joe on Friday. So, you know, a chance to get some here. If you, if you win three of those, uh, get yourself a little distance and try to get into that playoffs. Yeah, the, the, the key difference, to, I guess, being pitching, is that the biggest difference between uh, the standings between uh, Clorinda and Carroll? Yeah, I think so. If you go look at uh, Carroll's hitting, they're they're in the top of the stats pretty much all the way along. along it. Uh, it it seems like they've lost them uh, late innings. So uh, you know maybe the closing pitching and that kind of stuff. And you're starting to get some guys now that are are, are getting up against pitch counts and, and innings. I know Mr. Riddle has been shut down for the year now. Um, he got his uh, inning count that he was allowed to have for the year. So he's not going to pitch anymore, but the good news is Mr. Smith's back up, so we're good to go and he's going to travel. But, um, yeah, I think so. I think it's just the depth of the pitching, and that's one of the hardest things, uh, you know, being new. Uh, I was talking with Coach Leader. 
really you got to start recruiting guys now or really into the fall if you want to get the quality pitchers, um, the real quality, the guys that are D1 or what have you. They're, they're all getting lined up in the fall for, for their summer because once spring comes, they're so busy. So, um, you know, never, never any rest for Mr. Whitaker in the group. But uh, I, I think that now that we kind of know what the league's about, um, you're going to see that we're probably going to do some, some different things. But what a great competitive team. What a great group of guys so far. And, and Jeff, you mentioned the standings. I did look. I, I grabbed my phone here real quick. Um, Des Moines did not have a game scheduled last night, so the, they're still a half game behind. Uh, but looking at the schedule, we know how tough uh, that the merchant schedule is going to be. But you look at what the Des Moines Peak have coming up, and you got to feel pretty comfortable that the merchant should be able to hold them off. Tonight they have a doubleheader against St. Joe. Um, then tomorrow uh, they have another game against St. Joe. Uh, then they have four. Four straight games against Clarinda, uh, and then another game against St. Joe. So every game they have left the rest of the season for the Des Moines Peak, it's either against Clarinda or it's against St. Joe. Yeah. So I, and Coach Leader was was mentioning that they've got a really tough stretch coming on, and we had that stretch earlier in the year. But um, again, you, you need to pick up a one or two here and just get yourself a little bit of a breathing room. But um, they've been playing well. The attitude looks really good. Um, you know, they've been hitting tremendous. The top five guys are really, really hitting the ball well. Um, you know, and congratulations to those guys that made the all-star game on Sunday uh, down in Clorinda. They had a good time in there, is what my understanding. But uh, should be a fun night in the ballpark. I hear even Rich Baker is going to bring his team up. So a little Rich Baker siding as well at the uh, ballpark tonight. So it should be fun. Yeah, I was going to mention the all-star game a little bit because both catchers were from Carroll. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, you look to talk to Coach Leader. We actually have two guys that should be starting on most teams. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys haven't, a lot of the people in Carroll haven't seen Noah Bus play a whole lot. He's played a lot on the road. Um, he played in the doubleheader the other day, but he's definitely starting quality. Uh, and then you got Freeman. So, you know, they've been moving him. He can play outfield. He can play first and third. And they kind of move him all over. So, um, you know, and both of them have really good bats. So you really got to keep them, try to get in the lineup. So, Usually Noah Buss is in the uh, is in the DH position for us if he's not catching. But two very tremendous catchers, and uh, really we've had. You look at the defensive side of the Merchants; it's been very, very good all year long. It's probably been one of the highlights that that I enjoy is that you see some really good defensive plays. Uh, a lot of double plays where you see other teams struggle. We've we've been turning them all year long, and just the routine plays have been really good. So it's it's a fun team to watch. Yeah, they're in action tonight against the Clarinda A, 635, brought to you by D-Max. So once again, $5 admission. Kids 12 and under are going to get in for free. Do you have the call of that game tonight, Jeff? I do have that call. It will be on the Facebook Live broadcast. Um, I took a day off. We gave, we'll let Hall Cap come out of retirement for one game, so... Uh... But uh, everybody's requested that we fire him, so I'll be back on the broadcast tonight. Are you sure that the request was to fire him? <laughs> well, if, if, if he wants to do tonight, I, I won't be fighting for him. I can do another night. But, uh, no, it's, you know, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of games. 23 home games has been a lot to broadcast. But, uh, it, you know, you, you, start to, you start to get to know the guys a little bit and, and the coaches, of course, and uh, – 
it's just a fun night at the ballpark, and it's, it's, uh, it should be a good game tonight. Yeah, hey, no rain, no no heat, no none of that stuff. I mean, this is like a day off uh, practically for you. So, again, the game is 635 tonight on the Facebook live feed from the Carroll Merchants. Got to turn around and talk about some of the local playoffs because we got two teams battling for state tournament here tonight, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. We'll start with the Carroll softball team. Uh, what a performance for them um, this past Saturday night. Went up to Humboldt, who was the number two seed in that region uh, and had gotten a buy in the opening round and you know and you, you, yeah you knew that the way Carroll had played against their non-conference teams this year, um, that they would have a chance to make a very, very deep run. If not, you know anything can happen coming up tonight uh, against ADM. But you knew they'd have a really good chance to at least get to that ADM game. They come out, score three in the first inning, put six on the board in the second inning, then get a three-run blast from Vanessa Ayala. Um, mm-hmm. They get Josie Ayala throw out a runner from center field at home to to finish off a double play to end the second inning. They win it twelve to nothing in three innings. They've got to be going in tonight's game against ADM flying high and realizing I think that ADM game, if I remember correctly, on the road the last time, just a couple of weeks ago, they trailed 2-1 going into the sixth inning before getting bait 8-1. So they were right in that game, had a chance to win that one late. They've got to really feel confident that they can go in there and knock off ADM today. Yeah. And Jeff Honnold, once again, uh, ADM man, uh, you got to go in there and you just, you just got to face some good pitching, got to put some, got to put the ball in play and got to maybe hope it hits some line drives. Yeah, Jeff and I talked about this team uh, kind of all year long. Uh, it, it, it's hard to judge them. You know, you get in that wrestling conference and you don't know what you are. I mean, you, you think you're playing well, but man, you can get 10 runs if you're playing well. Um, you know, congratulations to them. They're a top 16 team. I mean, they're one of the 16 teams left. So one of the better teams out there. And, and you know what? It, it, it's a chip in the chair. You're right. If you just uh, you go down and get some bats going, Boy, just you just got to just got to fight and grind, and um, you know, like Jeff said, they got to feel good. You know, they were in that game late, um, let it get away from them. But boy, if they can they can go down tonight in a one game playoff situation, uh, you know, really good spot to be in. And one thing I don't like about what the state does is, is they they do reward uh, the top eight teams by letting them play at home. But I'd like a neutral site on these teams. I like how the boys do it. Yeah, and they'll be playing down in uh, at ADM's home field. But uh, again, Jeff Blankman got to be aggressive with bats. I don't think you can afford to sit back and take a lot of pitches. You're going to have to make things happen. Yeah, you are. Um, the pressure sometimes they always say the pressure is on the top seed. I think with them playing at home, that that there's not the pressure. The way to switch that pressure over to them is all of a sudden get up one nothing, two nothing, three nothing early in mm-hmm. the game by being aggressive. Now you got to play smart. Can't just go out there and throw you know everything to the wind and, and hope it sticks somewhere. But um, you know you, you've got to be smart with your aggressiveness, but be very aggressive. All right, let's tell me we got to talk about Kemper here real quick because they've got Clorinda, a team they know well, like ADM knows the Tiger, like Carol High knows ADM. Those Tigers uh, got to go down and play Clorinda down in Council Bluffs tonight for a one-game shot at the, the state tournament. Yeah, and Kemper fell to him twice here a couple of weeks ago. Got to beat ten to nothing in the first game, then three to two in the second game of a doubleheader. The interesting thing was was at that time Kemper felt like they could see Clorinda down the line here in the playoffs, so they didn't throw any of their top line starter. So they're going to have Logan Siebenaller and Carter Putney both available tonight. Uh, it was of course, uh, you know, Cal Wanniger throwing in that win against OABCIG the other night on Saturday. So 
his his throwing is done unless mm-hmm. they would make the state tournament. Uh, he would not be able to throw anything. But you know, Logan and Carter, uh, you've got a righty that throws really hard. You got a lefty that, that hits his spots extremely well. Has some really good off speed pitches. So you can give them a different look throughout the game. Um, that three two loss, I think, gives Kemper a lot of confidence because uh, from what I understood in talking with Randy Snyder, the head coach for the Knights after the game, Clarinda when they met Kemper the first time, threw their number one, their number two, and their number four that night. So Kemper has seen mm-hmm. probably who they'll see tonight. And and if it, you know go, going and falling three to two against them that in, in one of those two games, they know that they're going to be have their better pitching going tonight. So. And Jeff Hunt, you got to love that move that you didn't you didn't throw your top guys maybe against Clarinda, but you've already seen their guys. That's clearly advantage Kemper, don't you think? Yeah, you know, Coach Schneider is pretty pretty cagey. Um, you know, that's a slow walk out there. He has plenty of time to talk when it's <laughs> you uh, uh, You know, you got to have a lot of confidence when you know you got your one and two uh, in your back pocket. And, and you've seen uh, not just once, but you've seen them the whole game. So you've seen pretty much all their pitches and their speed and what they like to do. And, you know, you're, you're walking in and, and knowing what you got. And, uh, you know, if you're Clarenda, you got to, you know, what are these guys going to throw at? So it's going to take them, you know, once or twice through the lineup and knowing Coach Snyder about the time they think they're going to figure it out, you'll switch pitchers on them. So, and it's a completely different look, as you said. So Kemper's, Kemper's in a really good spot right now. I think they got to be really excited about where they are and a really good chance to, uh, to represent Carroll here uh, in the Merchants Park next week. If there's one concern, and, and Coach Snyder even mentioned it the other night, Clarinda has 10 runs to both of their opponents so far here in the playoffs, so they've only had to play five inning games in those opening two rounds. So as soon as I mentioned to him um, the other night that they beat Trainer 11-1 to uh, in five, his first response was, huh, maybe he didn't have to throw much for pitching tonight. Um, so that would be the one thing. Now, Kemper has probably seen what they're going to see, but if those arms still come in fresh, that that's still, you know, that's still good for Clarinda instead of having to maybe mm-hmm. throw a number three or something like that and have one and two that can barely throw. They might still be able to come back with their one and two, which are good. And you got to love Kemper's experience going. Yes. They've been there before many, many times yep. in the past, so they've got that experience. So we got to wrap this segment up because yes. we got to get onto our Rewind All-Star team. But uh, Jeff, just want to just want to mention here real quick, uh, tough luck for Coon Rapids Baird on Saturday oh, yeah. night. Great pitching performance from Colby Colbertson. Um, the, the, the Crusaders pick up just two hits in the game, but Colby had held um, Tri-Center, who's a great hitting team, to one hit going into the seventh inning, but then they were able to string together three hits. Um, Coon tried to get to pick a kid off at second base, uh, and their, their their usual trick play that they do where they fake the throw and everybody acts like it got away and out into center field. The guy on second didn't move, and then they get a base hit oh. out into right field uh, between the first and second base gap to score the one run in the ballgame in the bottom of the seventh. So great season by Coach Waddle and the kids. Uh, just tough to see him lose uh, a one to nothing game and what sounded like uh, and talking with Tyler Bruner who called it for us just a brilliant pitching matchup that night. Yeah, sometimes those those plays really work off and give the other team credit. They yep. knew they they had obviously been coached on that and they said, no, yep. what don't fall for this. So uh, again, unfortunately, their season falls a, a sh- about a win victory shy. Yep. of the uh, the state tournament. Jeff Honnold, once again, game tonight six thirty five. We look forward to hearing it from you, man. All right, thanks guys. Uh, good luck to everybody tonight, and uh, let's have a bunch of teams state tournament. 
All right, we'll do. Uh, once again, we're going to take a break here on KCIM Sports Rewind. Uh, don't forget, one of our great sponsors, of course, is uh, Carroll Lumber. They've got locations all around the area. In fact, they've got located here in Carroll. They're located in Wall Lake. They're located in Lakeview, and they're located in Odebalt. That gives them four star, four store buying power for pretty much any project you want. Whether it's working on a new deck, refurbishing the old one, maybe putting in new windows, new cabinets, everything from uh, ceiling, you know, the the tiles, and uh, once again the shingles. All the way down to the flooring, they can help you with all of that at Carroll Lumber. They are the pros, and they'll give you the expert advice you need with Carroll Lumber. Locations in Wall Lake, Lakeview, Odebolt, and Carroll. As athletes at your house prepare for hard work and fun of the season, remember that St. Anthony Rehab Services provides physical therapy for any sports injury that may sideline your member of the team. Sports injuries can plague kids of all ages and keep them from playing the sport they love. Athletes will be under the direct supervision of a certified and licensed healthcare professional in the newly renovated sports performance facility. If an injury is keeping your athlete out of the game, call St. Anthony Rehabilitation Services at 794-5000 for sports injury and treatment rehab. It is KCIM Sports Rewind, brought to you by St. Anthony Sports Performance. They've got a great eight-week workout program for athletes. Tell you what, coming up, maybe the fall season, get something going with these guys. They can really help out. They can help you build power, strength, and all of that. Call 794-5241. Be your best preseason, in-season, or off-season. And speaking of being your best we got to present the All Rewind sports team here. The sports all-star game coming up this Sunday. Jeff, give us a quick rundown of what's going to be happening. All right, so the gates will open up for everybody at 1130 that day. Um, at noon, we'll have a home run contest for the softball team, uh, girls. And then following that, we'll have a home run for the uh, baseball boys. Now, we're going to be using real softballs. We did that last year. Um, Chloe Gallagos, uh, who throws soft toss to Carroll High every day in practice, is going to come out, and she's going to throw soft toss uh, for everybody this year, for both the girls and boys. Um, so instead of using a pitching machine, we're going to go soft toss this year, which should make things a little different. Now, we're also going to have our banner setting out kind of in left center field. So uh, a home run will count as a home run. So the way we're doing it is, is to say we have somebody that hits three home runs and nobody else hits that many, that player will win uh, their derby um, and stuff along. Like they'll advance into the championship round. Now, the, the banners are going to be out there, so anybody that hits it past the farthest banner in the year is going to get five points. The middle, middle banner will be two points, and if you get it into the grass um, up to that next banner, you'll get one point. So we're going to keep track of the points. So what we'll do is, is if, say, we have two people hit three home runs, we'll use the point total then. Sure. On the non-home run ball, so whoever has the most points out of those two players will be crowned the champion. If we have what we had last year and nobody hits a home run, then whoever has the most points ends up being the champion. Oh, I thought you were going to say we were going to go to overtime and we're going to stay there all night if need be. We did that last year, and the home <laughs> run derby lasted about two and a half hours. <laughs> Not going to be doing that this no, year. No, yeah. So. so so we've tweaked it a little bit to kind of speed things up. Following that home run derby, uh, again, under state rules and NCAA rules, it's not us. I get that question every year out at this thing of the why the you know for this sport you know for baseball and softball while the eighth graders through juniors in high school can't play in the all-star game that's under NCAA and state rules so it'll be the seniors all-star game so anybody that graduated here this past May and was selected on the all-star team they'll be able to play we're going to have quite a few kids according to who said that they're going to come out so we'll 
have a five-inning All-Star game. It'll be slow-pitch softball. We thank Bob Fossbender. He always donates mm-hmm. the bats and the softballs for us, so we're able to do that. And then following the All-Star game, uh, we will have the award ceremony where everybody will be honored. We'll have a little read about each one of the players and the coaches, uh, and uh, Nick Brinks will do that over the PA system. We're also going to plan on doing live video out there, um, and we'll have Nick's PA kind of streaming through for the audio, so you'll be able to watch it on our Carroll Broadcasting Sports Network YouTube channel. So, all right, so again, uh, the, the shocker for me is that the NCAA still has any kind of rules at all. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> see once everybody breaks away from them. We'll see. Yeah. Loud. Yeah, that's, that's a whole other topic for to consume hours. But let's get to our uh, softball all-star team. We're going to begin with the uh, honorable mention. I'm just going to name off the first couple of names here on the list, Jeff. And uh, in no particular order, these are honorable mention. Emma Stream. Kylie Hartle and Jordan Porsche are members of the Honorable Mention team. You bet. And I'll just tell you where they're from. Emma was, of course, from Greene County as a catcher. Had a really good year for them. Kylie Hartle and Jordan Porsche, both are Audubon kids. Hartle at shortstop and Porsche at second base. Gave them a really good up-the-middle defense. I'll name the next couple. Uh, Victoria Osmus uh, from uh, Audubon. Um, had a really good year hitting the ball and playing first base for them. Ashlyn Tiggis also uh, from Glidden Ralston. Had a very, very good year. Played out in the outfield and hit the ball extremely well. And uh, Cassidy Wink from Glidden Ralston had a great year this year at shortstop and hit the ball as an eighth grader. Hit the ball extremely well for them. All right. Uh, Elizabeth Lloyd. Uh, Bridger Sherburn and Miranda McClellan are the next few. Yes, and, and it's actually Bridget. That's a mistype on my part, so I'll get that corrected before we post these. Um, Elizabeth Lloyd, of course, the catcher for Glidden Ralston, had a great year behind the plate this year and defensively uh, and hit the ball extremely well. Bridget Sherburn at second base for the uh, Crusaders of Coon Rapids Baird uh, was really good defensively for him this year and, and it did a nice job at kind of the top part of that order. And then Miranda McClellan also uh, from Coon Rapids Baird was outstanding at the shortstop position and hit the ball really well. Uh, Malia Kleberg, uh, just an eighth grader, she's going to be a star for them, did a great job behind the plate. Uh, Cora Obrecht also from uh, the Arweva Rockets. Uh, played this year, John, uh, coming off a, a, a serious knee injury where she needed to have surgery. She was out there all braced up, uh, but still had a really, really good year for the Rockets at second base. How about, uh, I believe, some more Rockets here, right? Jamie Hausman, Maggie uh, Regaler, and Melinda Schaefer. Yeah, Melinda Schaefer's actually a Kemper girl. The other two, of course, are uh, our Weva kids. Uh, we'll start with Jamie Houseman. Uh, very good center fielder, can patrol center field, and has great range out there. Throws the ball really well and has a nice bat. Maggie Regaler so fast, uh, has such range at shortstop. Sometimes you'll look at her defensive numbers and go, oh, well, the thing is that she gets to a lot of balls that many players don't get to, and then she is just a terror when she gets on the base pass and had a nice year at the plate. Uh, Melinda Schaefer, just an outstanding player at second base uh, for Kemper. Um, just had a great year for them and was clutch here so far in the playoffs, uh, even though they came up uh, with a tough loss on Friday night. Uh, we'll move through the last of the honorable mention kids. Uh, Macy Gustafson from Esac County had a really nice year in the circle pitching, uh, but probably her strength, she hit over 400 at the plate this year. Uh, Mary Bondrager also from Esac County had a, a terrific year out in center field. Uh, really came on about the midpoint of the season and became an outstanding bat for them. Always good defensively. Uh, Brielle Hinters had a terrific year out in left field and at the plate. A left-handed hitter for the Carroll Tigers um, and was uh, outstanding uh, at the plate for them this year. Really does a good job of kind of spraying the ball all over the place and then using her speed to get on base. And then Tyler Jansen played in a terrific center field for Glidden Ralston this year and uh, did a really nice job. Hit over 400 most of the season so did a really good job of getting on base and then with her speed she creates some havoc when she gets on base. All right, let's talk 
talk about the second team real quick, and you've got a couple of pitchers on the second team, Emma Hart and Alexis Obermeyer. Yeah, Emma Hart from Coon Rapids Baird had a fantastic year, one of the top pitchers in our area this year, and then Alexis Obermeyer teamed up with Callie Earlmeyer down at Audubon uh, to give them a, a great one-two punch in the circle this year, and there's a reason why they had uh, a really, really good year, so congrats to both of them. Let's talk about the infield. We're going to throw out the names here real quick, and I'll have you talk about each one of them afterwards. Breely Clayberg at first base, Olivia Toms at second, uh, uh, Vanessa Ayala at shortstop, and you're going to have to help me on them. McKaylee Coffrin. McKaylee Coffrin. Yep, okay. McKaylee Coffrin from uh, the Carroll Tigers. Yep, at third base. So we'll start with Breely Clayberg, first baseman again from uh, Coon Rapids Baird. Uh, had an outstanding year, hits the ball really well, a really good, solid defender over there. Not much gets past her on throws if they're in the dirt or high. Um, she really handles first base very well. Olivia Tom's technically a shortstop. We moved her over to second base because we felt that um, she had the ability. She just had such a great year that we felt we needed to get her in there on the second team somewhere, and then this is where she would fit. Um, so just had a really good year. Patrols a shortstop really, really well for South Central Calhoun. Has great range and then hit well over 400 this year, so had a terrific year at the plate. Uh, Vanessa Ayala um, does everything, and what a great story. Has missed most of her high school career due to blown-out knees. Uh, finally got the chance this year in softball to be able to finish a mm -hmm. season and, and just put together a tremendous, tremendous tremendous year for them, uh, and uh, we congrats her on that. And then Michaela Coffrin, um, with, with Josie Ayala being hurt this year, Michaela got that chance to start at third, and then when Josie came back over about the last three weeks of the season, Michaela had played so well at third base and was hitting the ball so well, you just didn't want to take her out of the lineup. So they actually put an all-state third baseman, Carol did, out in center field because they didn't want to move Michaela off at third base. So that tells you the type of year she had. Let's talk about the outfielders. Second team all, all outfield for Rewind uh, All-Star our teams is Haley Ostrander, Avery Burke, and Anna Hart. Well, run through them quickly. Haley Ostrander, of course, from Kemper, had a really good year at the plate. It was kind of funny. Her two home runs came on night I was broadcasting, and she wow. noticed that, that uh, she <laughs> tended to hit home runs when I was there calling the games, but had a really good year for them. Avery Burke started the year at uh, center field for Carroll High, then moved over to right field. So tremendous with the bat. Patrols the outfield really well. She's a track kid, so she's got great speed and used that to her advantage. And then Anna Hart, just an eighth grader. When you look at the numbers that she put up at the plate and when you watched her play out in center field and saw how she was able to defend things, um, the future for her is, is very, very bright. Um, so that's that's our outfield in the second team. How about Kaylee Dirksen, uh, the designated player? Uh, Kaylee hits the ball extremely well. She was kind of their DP all year, so she slid right into that DP position for us. Uh, she took over at third base when Kennedy Lowe was, uh, you know, got sick and was not able to play in the postseason for Kemper. She took over at third base and played a couple of nice games there for them as well. All right, and the final member of our second uh, all-rewind team is Parker Adams behind the plate. Talk about a girl that had a tremendous amount of pressure on her. She replaces the two-time all-rewind catcher and all-rewind player of the year in Chloe Gallagos, who was a five-year starter for Carroll. She comes out, doesn't have an air defensively this year, hits over 400 on the year, threw out runners trying to steal, threw out runners uh, you know, and picked mm. them off a of base. Just had a tremendous, tremendous year. And she's second team, so yes. that means we got a very impressive first team. Let's start with the battery. I'm going to give you the pitchers and the catchers here uh, for this one. Cameron Venner at pitcher, uh, Emma Hoyle at pitcher, 
Callie Erlmeyer, pitcher, and behind the plate, Jordan Schwabe make the first team. We'll run through the pitchers. Cameron Venter for Kemper became their ace this year and just had a tremendous year. Throws the ball hard, but does a great job of kind of moving things around and then is solid at the plate as well. Emma Hoyle over at uh, Greene County uh, was just fantastic for them. Very, very good ERA. Throws the ball, hits her spots. Um, just a really terrific young pitcher for her, for them, and, and, and her future is really bright. And then Callie Erlmeyer again mentioned her earlier through with Alexis Obermeyer had a really good year. She was part of the reason why Audubon was as good as what they were this year and, and just did a tremendous job inside the circle. Right. And, and then Jordan, Jordan Schwabe. Um, special. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I'd, probably the last catcher that I've seen that, that could do all of the things that she did this year might have been like a Tammy Drees, you know, uh, and stuff uh, from years ago up at Kemper. Um, throws the ball extremely well. Nobody would run against her because she was going to throw you out. I don't care how fast. Maybe the only player that would steal on her would have been a Danny Stipe, yeah. you know, uh, from years ago. She was just that good behind the plate. Her bat this year was incredible. Um, just had a brilliant, brilliant year. Yeah, in other words, you got to be elite to yes. be able to play against Jordan Schwabe behind yes. the plate. Let's talk about the infield. A very impressive lineup here. Kenzie Schoen at first base, Ava Gross at second. You've got Kennedy Lowe at third and Meredith Brown, the shortstop. We'll start with Kenzie Schoen. Um, she has been one of the elite softball players in this area for four years now and, and, and capped a, a great career with a terif- terrific season this year. V- uh, underrated, I think, defensively at first base and one of the elite bats in the area. And uh, just a fun kid to be able to kind of give a hard time too as well. Uh, Ava Gross, uh, man, a kid that really put in a tremendous amount of work not just during the off season but also during season. She would have her mom film all of her at bats, not so because she wanted to watch it, to watch it. She studied it. She wanted to see where her swing was at, how she could tweak her swing. Had a great year and then defensively she's as good as you get at second base. Uh, Kennedy Lowe over at third base uh, was outstanding for them all year. Hits the ball extremely well. Very good at covering the bunt over at third base, which you've got to be if you want to play it right. And then, of course, you had Meredith Brown uh, as the shortstop uh, hit close to 500 most of the season and is very good defensively for ESAC County. Yeah, those are elite stats going on there as well. How about the outfield of Emma Anderson, Vanessa Kaler, and Emerson Mack? Now, we'll, we'll, we'll clarify a couple of things here. Emma Anderson and Vanessa Kaler did not play outfield at all this year, and, and we know that, but they were one of the elite players, uh, two of the elite players all season long. Had to try and get them on the first team because they deserve to be on the first team somewhere. So uh, Emma Anderson um, right there with Parker Adams and, and Jordan Schwabe as an elite catcher in this area hit over 600 for the year. So probably one of the best bats uh, that we have in the area and just a tremendous softball player. And then Vanessa Kaler uh, terrific pitcher over at Glenn Ralston this year. Outstanding on the base pass with her speed. Hit the ball well. And then Emerson Mack hit about 500 for uh, ESAC County this year and, and did a tremendous job out in the outfield. And the designated player first team is Kira Hammond. I think nine home runs, if I remember correctly, this year. Um, a really good first baseman, but uh, just great with the bat uh, and stuff. So she kind of fit right into that DP position for us. Let's talk uh, player of the year now. Uh, once again, a lot of people, a lot of girls got mentions: Callie Erlmeyer, Ava Gross, Emma Anderson, Kenzie Schoen, uh, also Kira Hammond. But the player of the year for this year. 
for Rewind is Jordan Schwabe. Yeah, it was interesting last night when all of us guys got together that helped select this. We had a long discussion on all of these players, uh, but everybody felt uh, everybody felt that Jordan Schwabe uh, just had the best year of anybody. Uh, and again, it was just the way she impacted the game on both sides. Really good offensively, but so good behind the plate. She she scared teams into not mm-hmm. wanting to run against her. All right, let's talk Coach of the Year. Number of uh, candidates there, including Eric Borkowski of the Audubon Wheelers, Ryan Galagos of the Carroll Tigers, uh, Darla Davis of Schoon Rapids Baird, but our Coach of the Year is Aaron Bowman of the Kemper Knights. Yeah, put together a terrific year. Uh, the Knights finishing up in second place this year. Um, she had to change her lineup several times throughout the year, but uh, kept tweaking things, um, you know, and, and I thought did a tremendous job this year of kind of getting this team playing really good by the end of the season. All right, so there is your uh, softball all-rewind team, and spoiler alert, we're running late. Because <laughs> Jeff wanted to talk about each and every player. That's fine with us. we got to switch over to baseball now. I'm just going to let you handle the uh, the honorable mention, then we'll jump back in, and we'll talk about the second team. So go ahead and list off our honorable mention. All right, we've got two players from Greene County and Joe Carey and at Justin Stream. Joe had a really good year for them on the hill this year. Uh, Justin, fantastic at the plate and out in the outfield for them. Um, Trayton, Barry, Reed, Henners, uh, both from Cam Manning. Trayton was really good uh, on the hill when he pitched this year and had a really nice year at the plate. Reed Henders, I thought out in left field, uh, was fantastic for them defensively and then had a really nice year at the plate. Kind of one of their top hitters all season long. A couple of uh, Audubon Wheelers, uh, Braden Wessel, uh, fantastic defensively for them at shortstop, helped out pitching-wise and had a nice year at the plate. Aaron Olson, just a youngster, um, played really well out in the outfield and had a tremendous bat for the Wheelers this year. Uh, from Glidden Ralston, Jackson Sklenar, uh, also Tyler Brandt on that team. Uh, Sklenar, really good behind the plate, probably one of the top catchers in our area. Uh, Tyler Brandt had a fantastic year this year. Um, hitting the ball was probably one of their better hitters all season long. Uh, from the Arweevil Rockets, uh, Braden Kirsch, uh, really good year on the hill for them. Um, probably one of the top pitchers for them and that was the reason why they were one of those teams that even though they didn't win a ton of games they were in all of them because they pitched so well. Uh, Jaden Sword comes back out for South Central Calhoun from baseball after taking a couple of years off had a really nice year behind the plate for them and as a leader Andrew Anderson a young guy from South Central Calhoun had a fantastic season out in the outfield for them uh, three um, ESAC Raiders uh, Preston Maurer, Weston Drost and Carter Ludwig. Uh, for Drost and Maurer both of them really really good at the plate that was kind of their strength this year with the way they hit the ball. Uh, Ludwig, just a hard-nosed kid, defensively really, really good. And then from the Carroll Tigers, Evan Lowe. Um, it's solid pitcher for them. Gave them another guy to go with Ethan Lowe, his brother on the hill. That was really good. ERA under two and then played well in the outfield for him as well. All right, let's talk about the second team now. We start with the battery positions of uh, Ethan Lowe, pitcher, uh, Cooper Cook at pitching position, and Cooper Purdue behind the plate. We'll start off with the two pitchers, uh, Ethan Lowe. Hard to keep him off the first team. Uh, he was that good for Carroll. Um, the games, you know, they only had the one win this year, and he got that. But the nights he was on the mound, they had a chance. They almost beat Kemper. They almost beat Harlan because the way he throws the ball, he is so good on the hill. And then Cooper Cook, um, he was just dynamite especially early in the season. I think going into their Glidden game with about two, three weeks left in the season, he had walked like four guys all year and had 40 or 50 strikeouts at that point in the season. So he was terrific all season long. And then Cooper Purdue missed part of the season 
Gordon uh, with a trip down there for ICAM Manning, but uh, was really good before he left and then didn't miss a beat when he came back. Uh, within the first week of being back and playing again, uh, he had a walk-off home run and a walk-off single in back-to-back nights to win them a couple of ball games. Second team infield consists of Mark Lynch at first base, John Bass at second base, Benicio Lujano at third, and Tanner Oswald, the shortstop. Mark Lynch uh, was a terrific uh, over at first base. Again, uh, second straight year he's made the all-rewind team for Glidden Ralston. Had a really nice year. Uh, John Bass played most of the year at second, played some shortstop, finished kind of the year playing some first base for them as well. But um, I, I thought really had a really nice year. Swung the bat well for the Knights and, and played a good defense. Uh, Benicio Lujano, this kid's uh, the future. I call him Tony Gwynn. He reminds me so much of Tony Gwynn at the plate. Hard guy to strike out, sprays the ball all over the field, finds gaps, and defensively about as good as you're going to find over at third base. And then Tanner Oswald, the shortstop uh, from Coon Rapids Baird. Uh, just a tremendous year for them. Great range uh, and hits the ball well. By the way, Luis Arise is the new Tony Gwynn, so you need to change okay. that reference so the kids know who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, the uh, outfield consists of Evan Alt, Carter Putney, and Caden Dorman. So three different teams here. Evan Alt from Audubon had a really nice year for them. Hit the ball well, plays very well out in the outfield. Carter Putney um, kind of manages that center field uh, here at Merchants Park so, so well for Kemper and had a really nice year at the plate. I think had like nine doubles or something like that, nine or 11 doubles off the top of my head. So had a terrific year for them at the plate. And then Caden Dorman from South Central Calhoun, another young player up there. Um, and they've got a bunch of really good young players, and he's probably the leader of that pack. All right, let's talk about the uh, we're at the designated hitter now, Gavin Larson. Third baseman down at Audubon had a great year at the plate. Uh, you know, just kind of slid him into that DH role for for our second team uh, because we felt he was a second teamer and 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 felt like we needed to get him on there. And he hits the ball well enough uh, and and stuff that we we figured DH would be a good role for him. All right, so there's the second team. Let's move on to the first team. And again, we'll start with the pitchers here: uh, Colby Culbertson, Cal Weniger, Max Nielsen, all first team pitchers. And they're joined behind the plate by Will Regaler. So we'll start off with the pitchers, of course. Uh, Colby Colbertson from Coon Rapids Baird was fantastic. His ERA was hovering under one and right around one pretty much all season long. A lefty, just a young guy, a sophomore. He's got a brilliant career coming up for him uh, and stuff and had a great year. Was good at the plate as well, but just so, so good on the hill. Cal Wanderger, we saw it the other night. He might have been 3-3 three and three on the season going into that game against OABCIG the other night, but um, has the ability to shut teams down, throws the ball extremely hard. Uh, Mark Fieldmeyer kind of said it the other night, sometimes he's kind of effectively wild. He'll walk some guys, but doesn't give up much for runs and stuff like that because he's just a, a really able to control, and he's been the ace all season for Kemper. And then Max Nielsen, uh, undefeated on the hill this year for ICAM Manning, had a terrific year at the plate. I watched him pitched against Audubon, a really good hitting ball club, and he really controlled them that night. Uh, Max was brilliant on the hill all season. All right, and Will Regaler behind the plate. And Will behind the plate. Uh, terrific. Didn't play catcher a ton this year. Would caught every now and then, but uh, um, just such a, a tremendous player that uh, needed to be on that first team and, and kind of slid into that, that catching role. Does everything. Anything you ask him to do for our weave, he does it and does it at a high level. How about the first team infield, consisting of Cal Hayden at first base, Preston McAllister at second, Lance Clayburg at third, and Gavin Smith, the shortstop. 
Cooner Rapids Baird was probably the best team um, all season long consistently, um, you know, in our area. And uh, the, the, so they got three guys on there. Cal Hayden's an eighth grader and hit like well over 400 tons of doubles, sprayed in some triples in there. The, the, the future for this young guy mm-hmm. is just uh, incredible uh, and stuff's going to be so much fun getting to watch him. Preston McAllister had a great year out at second base and hit the ball extremely well for the Crusaders. And then Lance Clayberg, so good in every aspect. Uh, for the Crusaders defensively, offensively over at third base. And then Gavin Smith, uh, just a tremendous player down at Audubon, uh, hit well over 400, hit for power, uh, great speed to be able to steal bases, and tremendous defensively as well. Outfield consists of Easton Hayes, Gabe Obert, and Cooper Potterbaum. You bet. Uh, again, uh, two more Crusaders. Easton Hayes uh, threw some for them this year and was really good on the hill, but so good out in center field. He's got such speed and then hits the ball, I think, finished 355 on the season, scored 40 runs this year, so had a great year for them. Uh, Gabe Obert, power hitter, right fielder, really strong arm. You don't want to try and stretch a you know a double into a triple against him. He'll throw you out. You don't want to tag up out in you know at second base and and stuff on a fly ball because he'll throw you out as well. But uh, great overall player for them, and kind of the same thing. I saw Cooper Potterbaum pick off a kid on a deep fly ball out to right field. He gunned a kid down at third base that was uh, trying to tag up. So uh, just a tremendous player and really came on strong late in the season. And the final player of the first team, the designated hitter, Logan Siebenuller. Yeah, tremendous uh, 41 of 42 in stolen bases this year, hit over 300. Uh, just uh, He is one of those guys, if you're going to start a team, you look at Logan Siebenuller as one of those guys that you want on your team somewhere. All right, let's talk player of the year now. Max Nielsen getting a consideration along with Colby Culbertson and Cal Hayden. You just mentioned him, uh, the youngster, but Easton Hayes of Coon Rapids Baird is our Rewind Player of the Year. And this was hard. I think we took probably an hour of that five-hour discussion last night just going over these guys and figuring out who it was, and it was a tight vote. Um, Easton ended up winning it by one vote. Um, so we have an odd number of people so that if it comes to that, uh, that that's the way it is. But uh, Easton won it by one vote. But and part of it was because he was great out in center field, he was great on the hill, and he was great at the plate. So he everywhere he played, he was fantastic. And then if you looked at his numbers up and down, didn't matter if it was stolen bases, defensive fielding, you know, hitting the ball, singles, doubles, triples, everything he was really good at. All right, Coach of the Year is going to wrap things up here. We uh, under consideration Randy Snyder and Matt Wilder, but our Coach of the Year, John Waddle of the Coon Rapids Bear Crusaders. Yeah, and we congratulate him. Uh, it, it seems like most years it comes down to him and Coach Snyder because the success that those two programs have and Coach Waddles wanted a lot of times. There's a reason he's pushing I think for I think it's 800 wins. He's mm-hmm. only just a couple of shy and they're, they're that, that program every year before the season starts, you literally say they're going to push to make state this year. They might make it, might not make it, but they're going to push to make state. They're going to be fundamentally good. They're going to hit the ball. They're just going to be so well coached. And that is our Coach of the Year. So yep. that wraps up our Rewind team. Don't forget the Rewind All-Star Game this Sunday. Carroll uh, at Softball Field is where it's going to happen at. Gates open at 1130. Fun's going to start at noon. And again, it's all free of charge. And Jeff will have more on that coming up here in just a bit. we got to get on with other business, though. We are running way, way late here this morning. So that is KCIM Sports Rewind brought to you by St. Anthony Sports Performance.